Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff Cohn, and this is another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we typically interview top team leaders, broker owners, and influencers in the industry. Today, we are bringing you a very special episode in which I'm going to have an interview with Miss Catherine Nizzi, who's the Director of Marketing for Elite Real Estate Systems. And we're going to be discussing all of the strategies for building a dominant and scalable business in your marketplace. And what comes along with this episode is our free business download, jeffsbusinessplan.com. We're going to talk about how we scaled our real estate team, Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, which was our flagship team, from uh, 70 transactions to over 700 transactions in just six years. Mm -hmm. And we haven't gone down these rabbit holes all at once. Typically, when I bring in someone and have an interview, we might talk about one of these topics. Today, in 10 minutes, we're going to go down all of the rabbit holes of all of the strategies to building and scaling a dominant team. And we hope that some of this is of value to our listeners. So Catherine, welcome to the, the call today. Oh. I know we just came off of our social media engagement podcast we episode. We did um, t number one in downloads on that one. I'm just wow. winning all of it. Getting it. Yeah. Nice job. I know. Well, Sorry. let's dive into topic today. I know we wanted to try to get yeah. through this pretty quick. So if you are listening and you're getting your workout ready or you're on your way to work, you should be able to finish this episode. Yeah. We're going to keep it short and sweet. And it's all going to be an overview of what you would receive when you download the free version of our business plan at jeffsbusinessplan.com. Step number one master being a solo agent. So I see a challenge constantly with team leaders. I've had people come to my team building workshop who weren't even licensed yet, and they'd already be talking about building a team. And I think I'm fine with the vision, but in application and implementation, as we've coached and trained thousands of real estate team leaders, a majority that have success have at least have sold at least, I would say, around 100 properties. Obviously, it depends on your location, but they've gone through the business for a couple of years. They've dealt with a lot of situations because the biggest challenge is you want to lead other people that follow you and you want to be able to offer them value. You need to have experience working the business um, in most instances to play a major role in helping those that you attract into your organization. So before choosing to scale and help others become like you, become the best version of yourself. Now, I will say one of my biggest regrets was that I didn't start the team sooner. Mm -hmm. I sold for six years. I think I could have probably gotten away with only selling full-time for three years mm -hmm. before starting the team. So I wish I had gone sooner. But when I launched the team, I probably had done three or 400 transactions. Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back and have started the team after about 150 transactions. Yeah. And it comes down to trust and credibility and you have more more properties you go through, trust and credibility and experience. All right, number two, hire a transaction coordinator. Awesome, yeah, my first year, you know, I started learning about leveraged roles and I had read hundreds of books on leadership and um, team building, not just specifically to residential real estate, but any type of a team. And the first thing I started to understand was the importance of making sure you're always in your highest income producing activity. And I knew from day one, I hated paperwork. I'm a 99I, 99D, of course, very little SC. If you go back to the disc test, typically your admin people are going to be really high SC and low DI. 
And so after my first year, I made $96,000 net profit uh, year one in 2007. I was about 24 years old. And right after that year, I hired someone and took a third of that net and spent about $35,000 a year for a full-time admin who would take care of anything and everything I thought was below what I was worth per hour. And if you work 40 hours a week, 52 weeks out of the year, uh, you're worth about $50 an hour. So I knew I could hire someone for $15 or $20 an hour to replace myself in the lower income producing activities, which allowed me to spend more time doing higher income producing activities like servicing leads and prospecting. And what is the number one trait you're looking for in a transaction coordinator? You know, I want someone that has experience back to kind of our sentiment on question mm -hmm. number one regarding when is it the right time to build a team. Um, I wanted someone who had been in the trenches and had actually done transaction management in the past. My first hire was not. She did a great job, but of course, there's always that learning curve with mm -hmm. documentation and every city throws its own curveballs. Um, one of the things we look for now, we have five full-time transaction coordinators and about 90 agents within our brokerage. And now we're looking for, again, experienced people that are good at uh, working cloud-based programs so they can work from home, mm -hmm. obviously amidst COVID. And now we still give people the option sometimes to work from home. Um, and I, you know, people that can be team players, take instruction, are consistent, mm -hmm. um, are detail oriented, have good personalities. Cause a lot of times those transaction coordinators are reaching out to the client. Yeah. All right. Number three, add buyer's agents. Yeah. So as you start to scale and you have something of value and you have a transaction coordinator, you are still focused on your highest income producing activity, which is not working with buyers. Um, Obviously now more than ever, it's a seller's market as of the recording of this podcast, 2021, and you're best suited for working listing leads, uh, prospecting for listing opportunities and going and sharing listing presentations. So when I decided to stop working buyers, it was right when we launched our team in 2011. So all of 2012 through 2014, I only focused on sellers and my entire team only focused on buyers. Uh, that was their number one goal. So I was looking for buyer's agents to not only assist my sphere of influence, but also to uh, work all the internet leads that I generated. When I chose to exit sales in 2004, year in 2014, we allowed the buyer's agents to work both sides. But in the beginning, we just had buyer's agents and then I was the listing agent. When I stopped being the listing agent, we opened it up where people could work both sides of the business. And why did you decide to do that? It to open it up? Yeah. Because I felt like... I. Um, we were limiting people's ability to become the best version of themselves by only allowing them in one lane. In my world, I want, I have always wanted to build a world that allowed everyone in, in it to become anything they want to be that I had already been. Mm -hmm. And so when I would try to tell people on a podcast that you're better off working listings because right now you work a fourth of the amount of time that a buyer might end up taking you with all the multiple off situations with the buyer that you keep losing out on. It was hard for me to teach that, but then not allow people to do that in my organization. So I do recommend that there be requirements before one is allowed to work a listing by themselves. So require that they have a mentor maybe on their first 36 transactions or something like that, which is one of the requirements at KW Elite because we know we're only as good as our weakest link. Nice. And so we require that each person in the organization that's never sold goes through a 36 unit program we call certified advisor program mm -hmm. um, so that they can get to a point where they're where we can feel comfortable confident that they can carry the kw elite name and it'll actually mean something awesome all right number four systemize your training and accountability 
Yeah, so this is one of my favorites. Um, back in 2011, when we launched, we had a lot of new systems that we adapted to, and one of which was Boomtown, which is our CRM solution. But there's a lot of others. As most teams know, they have 10, 15, 20 different systems that they're incorporating, and there needs to be a process to teach people how to use that equipment or that technology so that it's actually utilized. If someone doesn't know how to use it or don't, don't even notice it's in existence, then it's not going to happen. There also needed to be practice in terms of overcoming objections, objection handling, training, that type of thing. You're you're only as good as your, your practices go. And so it was important to us, uh, so important that we created <clears throat> two meetings a week, eight hours of training, essentially a month. One was topical, one was dialogue training. And we've done that for 10 years consistently. We did it so much that in 2017, we had this huge demand from people that were listening to the podcast, uh, the team building podcast, as well as attending our workshops that they asked if they could be part of our agent trainings. And so we built the first ever modern coaching platform that offered uh, virtual access to our live trainings and recorded trainings. And so to this day, our agents get to take advantage of not only being able to attend physically, but there's a virtual option. And we were doing all of this before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, in our, uh, we had an office that was 3,200 square feet with about a $40,000 studio. Now we're in a 10,000 square foot space with a training room that seats about 100 people and about a $100,000 tech solution with four cameras, mics, et cetera. Why I share all of this is there's a, if you want to help someone become a better version of themselves, they have to become something new and to become that you can't just point them and say, Hey, do this, this, and this, cause most won't, there has to be an actual process that you plug them into. So on that note, if anyone listening has yet to join elite real estate systems, we do offer agent training two hours a week for your agent. We offer investor training and team leader training. So there's a total of four hours a week of content that can be consumed. Um, you can find out more information at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Just go click on le Learn More. Awesome. All right. Number five, hire listing and buyer coordinators. Yeah. So the idea behind this, we talked about the transaction coordinator in the beginning. Um, we saw that there was a necessity to have more than just a TC doing the traditional TC work. We wanted uh, listing coordinators that were focused on the marketing of the listings, getting the just listed, just sold cards out, getting the property staged prior to the, the pictures, getting pictures ordered, getting drone footage, all of the idiosyncrasies around the listing, and then even building relationships and rapport with the seller. We wanted the same thing on the buy side, someone that's just exclusive to buyers, offering concierge services, transferring utilities, et cetera. And we wanted to charge a fee that went along with that. So we've trained and we continue to train that on every buy side transaction, we believe if you offer enough value, you should be charging anywhere between $500 and $750 in a broker commission. And then on the listing side, anywhere between $750 and $1,000 on the listing commission. And that commission is to zero base that admin expense. And so you're offering that as a value add to the consumer. And the, if the agent isn't able to collect from the buyer and or the seller, then we just charge it to the agent. But it allows the agent to focus on their highest income producing activity, which is prospecting and going on appointments and not getting buried in the weeds doing transactional work. Or messing it up. <laughs> yeah, or making mistakes that could come back to bite them later. Absolutely. All right, we have three more left. Number six, get your MSAs in place to zero base your lead gen costs. Yeah, so we talked about zero basing through broker fees. Uh, we also wanted to zero base all of our marketing expenses. So as we expanded the team, of course, the demand to have more leads started popping up. We had about 20 agents that were taking two lead days some of which we're taking two lead days a month and every lead day averaged about 25 to 30 internet leads. And so we wanted to be able to generate, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of internet leads today, I think we're at a, averaging about 1500 to 2000 internet leads a month. Well, of course that costs money. And so we would go out and partner with home inspection, home warranty, title, mortgage, and insurance companies 
to help us cover 100% of that cost, none of which gave us a single dime. I've never received money from any entity. It always went to a third party, which was primarily Boomtown. And then the, those funds were used to generate leads, not only to our real estate team and now brokerage to help those entities convert, but those entities also had access to Boomtown. They're the ones paying for the leads, so they have to have access as well per the RESPA guidelines. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a partnership where if they bought the leads, we would help them work those leads. And of course, in some instances, those opportunities would come back and work with that third party ancillary. Nice. All right. Number seven, incentivize your current agents to to refer potential recruits. Yeah. So one of the things we saw as a dysfunction was a lot of agents on teams didn't want the team to grow because they felt like they'd lose out on resources. So the most important strategy as you build and scale is to show every agent that there's actually a value out if more people come into your world. And so how we did that was, as I mentioned, when we were zero basing our admin expenses, there was always a little bit of profit at the end of each year. And we'd, we'd keep adding positions. We added a marketing director, an operations director, a success manager, an accountability coach, a trainer, a tech guru. Um, we even just added a digital marketing company. So we're constantly reinvesting in the company. And so everyone in the organization can see that by the entity growing, it's going to actually benefit them in the end. And financially, we would compensate each agent by giving them $250 on the first four transactions that someone would have when they joined our organization because of their referral. Now being at Keller Williams, we're part of the profit sharing model. So if someone comes in and names them, then they get to keep a percentage for life as long as the market center in which the agent joins uh, shows profit in any given month. Nice. All right. Number eight, diversify your lead spend. Yeah, we see a big problem with most teams. They're either hyper-focused on Sphere, hyper-focused on outbound prospecting efforts, or hyper-focused on internet leads. And what we have found is you should be doing all three, but what you really should be focusing on is teaching your agents and or the success manager slash accountability coaches to teach each agent where they their time is best spent. And so you do that by looking at where your last 12 months transactions came from. And I always recommend you take 70% of your spend, and that could be your time and or money um, and resources, but you take 70% of the spend and you put that towards the number one thing that made you money on your last 12 months. So let's say that it was Google ads. And then you'd take 30% of your marketing spend and you'd put that towards three other lead um, mechanisms like postcards or Zillow or whatever the case might be for you. And the reason you do that is you're always split testing different lead sources because obviously lead sources change like the book who moved for the cheese. The cheese is always a moving target. And so you need to be focused on determining for each person in the organization, where is their money and time best spent so you can help them maximize profitability. And you will attract people if they can make in your world, if they can make more money in less time with less energy. And that is the solution we've built with our brokerage. And that is the solution that we've built with our coaching arm, Elite Real Estate Systems. Nice. All right. Last step number nine. But again, you can find this at jeffsbusinessplan.com. It comes with all nine steps of the business plan and a lead conversion guide. So number nine, establish weekly meetings with your success manager, admin manager, and operations manager. Yeah, so a lot of people think about the training and coaching that they're giving their agent. Uh, Hopefully most people are focused on that. But then I ask what kind of training and accountability and focus have you given your staff, your all of the direct lead, um, direct contacts, leveraged positions that you've created. So it's always uh, been important to me as the CEO of Omaha's Elite. I would sit down every week. I'd have a 30 minute to one hour. I call them alignment meetings where I hold those different direct reports accountable for their key performance indicators and help them be successful in the position that they're in. I've also always brought those people along with me when I've traveled nationally, when I've masterminded. They've even hosted podcast episodes. 
Um, I've made them a part of our coaching organization. Um, you know, anytime I can help someone else grow and become a better version of themselves, I'm going to reach out and do that. So it's important if you want people to grow into stronger leaders, you have to grow into a stronger leader yourself and then help those in your industry to grow to become a better version of themselves. Nice. That's all nine steps of Jeff's business plan. <laughs> awesome. Your roadmap to building a dominant real estate team. Thank you, Catherine. That was a great interview. I know we got through that fast, but hopefully it was action packed and um, anyone listening was able to get a lot of great content out of that. Would love an invite. We're trying to get to a thousand reviews on iTunes. I know a lot of people don't want to take the time, but please take 30 seconds. Uh, that's a great way to repay us for the time we've spent to put this content out there free of charge to you. Just give us a five-star review. Give Catherine a shout out for doing an amazing job interviewing me on this episode and or give a shout out to any of our other past guests and or share whatever is your greatest takeaway from the Team Building Podcast. We had over 100,000 downloads last year. Uh, we're really excited to hit the 1,000 review mark and we'd really appreciate your review. And then again, of course, we'd invite you to check out more information about coaching and upcoming events. We have a huge event coming up this summer the teambuildingsummit.com uh, where we're going to have a couple hundred people in attendance and we're really looking forward to that. All that information you can find at EliteRealEstateSystems.com See you at the summit. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you.